Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey fellow fit nerds, this is Monica Ellis with Superheroes Nutrition. So I'm here today to let you know in terms of maybe getting in shape, you love superheroes, you need a change in your life. I really want you guys to check us out. We have an Instagram, it's Superheroes Nutrition. I'm Wonder Woman on there um, and I'm here to set the example for individuals who need a change in their life. Everybody needs some motivation. Everybody needs some inspiration. Check out our page. We have superhero workouts. We're going to be launching um, a brand new fit kit pretty soon. And we have a YouTube channel. So please check that out. Um, My email is monica at superheroesnutrition.com. So like I said, if you're looking for a change, you want to get fit, and you need some extra push in the right direction, then this is uh, certainly the place to get started. Thanks so much. Hey, what's up? Johnny Catfish here, ambassador for Groom Goon Beard and Body Care. Are you tired of your beard feeling rough and not so fresh? Do yourself a favor and do what I did and check out www.groomgoon.com. Groom Goon carries a variety of beard oils and beard and body soaps that will leave your beard feeling soft and smelling great all day long. Don't just take my word for it. Go check it out for yourself. Again, that's www.groomgoon.com. And at checkout, use discount code CATFISHTHEGOON, all one word, CATFISHTHEGOON, and receive 15% off your purchase. Why choose Groom Goon? Well, because your beard deserves it. Can't be no me when I hit the beat. Call me homie when I hit the street. Call me only if you got the 
ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. Yo, what is up? It is your boy Johnny Mags back at you once again with Dan Garcia. And this is another edition of the All Angels Podcast for the month of November, the year 2017. We are back. It's good to be back, Daniel. Yeah, it is. It uh, took us a while to figure out how to log into everything and, and how to pull everything up because it's been, it's been a while. But it's good to be back. And like we said, we weren't going to do a weekly podcast since our season ended in early October. So, you know, from now until, you know, what? I guess spring training. Spring training, we can start doing, yeah. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll do them once a month. So this is our November uh, uh, podcast. And the Angels wasted no time to make headlines, man. They went out and did something that we talked about in our last podcast, in the podcast leading up to our last podcast about do the Angels make just enough in a priority? And they answered that question by signing them to a five-year deal. What do you think about the contract and the Justin Upton signing? You know, I liked it. I was always kind of concerned about how much they're going to have to pay or how much you wanted. Um we're going to play a clip for you right now. It's from uh, ESPN Baseball Tonight podcast with Buster Olney. He talks about it as well as uh, the contract, how the con- contract is structured. So um, here it is. Announced from the Angels that they reached an agreement with Justin Upton. Uh, and, uh, you know, I talked to some people yesterday. And basically the explanation for the Angels is this. Uh, you know, Justin Upton had uh, four years left on his contract. He could opt out. Uh, this fall, uh, and so what they did is they essentially added one year and about $18 million or so, and they restructured the contract so it's more backloaded, so they can handle Albert Pujols' contract uh, in the next few years with more ease, with Upton's salary going down. I thought this was a great move for both sides. I think on the Angels' side, you looked at the free agent market. Uh, there are two premier right-handed hitters that look like were going to be available. One was Justin Upton. The other is going to be J.D. Martinez. So the Angels get a guy who can compliment Mike Trout, uh, give him some protection in the lineup, and hey, if you're Justin Upton, this is probably the last big contract you sign in your life, and, and it's not a bad situation when you know you're going to be playing alongside Mike Trout in Southern California. And as you heard, guys, you know the way it's structured, looking at it, um, you know 2018, like you said, it'll help with the Pujols thing because Pujols you still have him for four more years, and Pujols is getting you know. Uh, 27, 28, 29, 30. So with now Upton's contract being backloaded, um, it'll help you. It, it, it's, e- it's able to uh, manage Pujols' contract a little better to get more talent in there. Um, for people that don't know, Upton's contract is looking like this. So for next year, he's making uh, $16 million and then 18, 21, 23, and then again, 28 at the very last end of the year. But by then, Pujols is off the books, so mm-hmm. you're able to have more spending cash. So not only was it cheaper, not only say cheaper, but not only was it team friendly. Um, you know, it, it gave him that extra year, where it's, like they said on there, this is his last big contract. Right. So, right. so he wanted that extra year of security, and it's at twenty eight million dollars. So, regardless, you know, yeah. he gets that. So, 
I like it because it helps everybody. It helps him. It helps the team uh, move around Albert's big contract, which I think pretty much is that last big with with uh, Josh coming off. Uh, that's his last big uh, contract. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, as soon as I read the, the the structure of it, I went, "Cool, this helps the Angels out tremendously." Because when the time comes when Mike Trout hits free agency, we're going to have money there. Right. It's you're gonna not need, like you're going to need the cash to uh, right. He's gonna, you know, right. well, somebody's going to offer him a lot, so right. the Angels are going to have to match or do better. Um, and hopefully by then the Angels, you know, uh, structure a team together that can kind of persuade Mike to say. Okay, I'll 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 stay here with right. them, you know. I think the Upton signing is a big part oh, of that too. Big time because you know we have a guy in our outfield who hit 35 home runs last year, and there was a, a, a message to our email from a guy named Lamar who mentioned that who said, "Imagine if we would have had Justin Upton's 35 home runs in the Angels lineup all season long. Right. That would made a lot of difference, right? Because um, just protection wise, you know, knowing that you have to give Trout some kind of a pitch because if you walk him." Now here comes up and that has just as much pop as anyone in that lineup's going to have next right. year. So that's going to only help, you know, hopefully produce more RBIs and more uh, players on base. Yeah, and especially with, you know, the whole Albert Pujols kind of, you know, I hate to say that we don't trust him in situations to drive in runs because a dude drives in 100 runs every year. But like you said, there's a, that protection, just that presence in the lineup that Justin Upton brings you know, it changes the dynamic of that lineup. And if a guy like Cole Calhoun can have a better season average-wise next year, that's only going to do better. So our alpha looks very solid. Upton and left, Trout and center, uh, Calhoun and right field. Absolutely. So, I, I like it. I, I love the outfield. So it reminds me of that whole Edmonds, Sam and Anderson thing. But right. uh, I think with a little more umph to it. Right. Um, <laughs> other big news was the Angels went ahead and they got hardware. Right. Well, I like the ring that I'm wearing right now. Um <laughs> Andrelton Simmons was a guy that we talked about. It was a no-brainer for us. This guy, we see him every day. We know what the guy can do with his glove. Uh, to us, it was a no-brainer. Um, the baseball world, maybe, somewhat. Yeah, Andrelton Simmons. I, I, yeah, I think Simmons was more of the uh, nationally known guy between mm-hmm. the two, between him and Maldonado. Um, I think a lot of people recognize Simmons as not only when he was the Angels, but also winning it when he was in Atlanta. Um, more of the defensive guy, but... Uh, Maldonado, I think, was the one that snuck up on everybody. Yeah. Only because this was his first time as a full-time starter in his career. Right. And a lot of people kind of were like, who's this Maldonado guy? And then when you saw him play again, you were like, okay. Right. Man, this guy's amazing. And we've talked about it. The dude logged like 100, over 120 games in the season. Absolutely. And there was games where we went extras and he was in there the whole day, the whole damn game. So big ups to uh, Martin Maldonado for winning his first ever gold glove. Antleton Simmons winning his third, I believe. Uh, gold yeah. glove so first as an angel first in the American League right. so that's some hardware that the angels can have some kind of like okay at least you know we had uh, right it's a, it's a good thing to show that not only are these guys you know performing but you guys have these, you guys have these contracts mm-hmm. uh, under contract for a while now so that you know you're you feel good that they're not going anywhere yeah and guys what do you think of that Eric Ibar trade now huh I mean, Henderson Simmons not only what he did with his glove but the dude did it with his bat even in the last two years He's been, I mean, this year he hit more for power and drove in more runs. Um, the average was about the same, was in the high 270s, 280s. And now take that all day, twice on Sunday. Right. Anderton Simmons batting 275 with 14 home yeah, runs. He's able to still develop that bat. Yeah. It's only going to get better, and it's going to add to the lineup that you're already hoping it's going to have a production behind the trout. Right. Um, up in now. And if Simmons can find his way somewhere in that 678 spot yeah. to, uh, you know, 
help out the team and add depth to their lineup. Right. And you've seen that in the World Series, you know, with the Houston, they had their their depth with yeah. all the way through one through one nine. Through nine. So if you can have a Simmons type of bat take another step mm-hmm. next year, it, it would only help the Angels' offense production. Right. Offensive you, production. You kind of touched on something there that I want to talk about real quick was the fact that. Anderton should be a, a six, seven, eight guy. Right. And a lot of times this year he was maybe third, fourth, even fifth in the lineup. Right. Can you imagine him having a solidified spot at the seventh spot right. with a guy like Upton in the lineup, and and guys doing their job up in front where you don't have to move him forward, but he's at the bottom of that lineup just producing runs. Right. You would like to That's, see like a Trout three, Upton four, maybe Pujols five. Valbuena, Crone, six. six. You know, and, yeah. and then maybe Calhoun goes back to that two spot. Two spot. And, um, you know, you kind of find maybe your second baseman can also be your, your leadoff hitter. Right. But, yeah, if you can put some kind of lineup like that where you'll have a, a Trout, Upton, uh, Pujols, you know, uh, first base right there, and then a Simmons. Right. I think that will add a lot of depth to, Absolutely. to, your, uh, to your offense. And hopefully, um, you know, I don't think a lot of people realize it, but – Defensive or the pitching for the Angels wasn't terrible last year. Yeah, for, 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 for all the injuries they got, yeah. it was not that bad. So if you get any kind of offensive production increase this next year, I think the Angels will be in a better spot to uh, make a drive towards a wild card or even a division. Absolutely. So that brings us straight in. Good segue. Where do the Angels go from there after signing up? Then what's the next priority in your in your eyes, Daniel? What do the Angels need to do to solidify? the roster heading into 2018 right i think a lot of guys well everyone that we've talked to made up in that number one option so now that that's done and they got that signed sealed and delivered um it kind of leads into the podcast question i had this last week which was out of the guys on the angels coming off the books who would you like the angels to resign and you know i put a couple options uh petite revere uh, Unel and Cliff, all of them coming off the books. All of them are free agents. Um, no surprise, Petit, you know, hands down went 74%. Uh, Revere, 14%. Unel, 11%. And then Cliff, 1%. But me personally, I picked Revere just because with the trade off from Upton, from Mabin, you kind of lose some of that team speed that Mabin showed in the beginning of the year that was valuable, stealing bases, going from first to third on base hits. Uh, so I like the idea of having a fourth outfielder on the bench that can come in late in situations and and steal a base, can, like I said, go first to third, um, can put the other team's defense in a, in an awkward situation knowing that now you have speed on the base. So if they're able to re-sign uh, Revere, again, it all kind of comes down to price and what he personally wants. But if I had a choice, I would pick Revere. Uh, Petit did great, but I'm thinking more, you know, how can the – offense score more runs more so than uh, keeping a bullpen you know because bullpens come up and down right I, I think they have a good enough bullpen now to where yeah but he might hurt a little bit but it's not gonna you know take a, a big dip right i agree with you on a lot of the you know topic points that you hit the, uh, ben revere can steal a base uh he could be your like sean figgins type guy right where dude get in there to steal a base mm-hmm. uh you could definitely switch him out for somebody and have him just run and then he can hit any off-field spot um you need him to lead off for whatever reason you know injuries here and there 162 game season it's going to happen you're going to need him to start a few games in the outfield um the dude can lead off for you still bases play solid defense 
I'm all for it. Um, I went on the route of Petit because right. he was just so valuable for right. us this year. And he, the guy started started very well. The guy came out of the bullpen. The guy even closed the game out. He, like, I don't know. He kind of came out of nowhere for me. And that's something that I really, like, I just, I mean, he ate up innings. And I was just like, okay, if we can bring a guy like Petit back, maybe not for a huge amount of money, but, you know, the dude does deserve an upgrade, like deserve a raise. Right. So, um, you know, if the Angels can sign him where they don't have to, you know, open up the books for him, I say Petit. Now, moving from that, people are saying, do the Angels go out and try to get a guy like Moustakas? Do they try to go out and get a guy like, or trade for a guy like Cesar Hernandez from the Phillies? Right. I, I like personally, the, and a lot of these guys are now, so Moustakas is a free agent. Right. But from what I understand, they have extended a qualifying offer to Moustakas. So pretty much what that means now, if you're the Angels and you want to sign them, um, you're going to have to give up a draft pick. Now, again, um, what's more important, picking right. up a Moustakas type and give up a draft pick, or do you want to keep the draft pick and, again, rebuild a farm system that isn't exactly where you want it to be yet. Right. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're going to ask me for a next player free agency, I would say Moustakas is definitely the next guy right. you want to get. Um, starting pitching, I, don't, I think they can kind of hold off on that. I think so too. Um, with everything, everyone coming back now. What I'm more interested to coming into the free agency part is um, kind of like what they did last year. Who's going to be this year's Blake Parker? Who's going to be this year's uh, Petit? Who's going to be this year's uh, Maldonado? Because coming into spring training, a lot of those guys wasn't weren't known. Right. Or at least you knew who they were, you weren't sure what you're going to get out of them. Right. So I'm looking for to see who they pick up from the minor league free agency, maybe find a guy off of waivers. Right. Um, that, me personally, like anyone can sit there and say, yeah, let's sign Moustakas. That's easy. Everyone agrees with that. Right. But I'm interested to see who they sign as far as those kind of second, third tier guys that right. could develop into something, either a contributor right away or a guy that maybe later in the season when you, he needs to get called up, He's there. He's there. So yeah. it's going to be interesting free agency. But, yeah, if you're going to go after a big-name guy now, I think Moustakas is definitely the, the guy you would go after. And I agree with you 100% on the pitching because solid one through five, I think. I mean, the Angels have, I think, too many guys right now. Uh, if, if you're telling me right now, pick the five guys that are in the rotation. You go Gary Richards, Andrew Heaney, Tyler Skaggs, Parker Bridwell. And Matt Shoemaker. Right. So that leaves out J.C. Ramirez, Nick Tropiano, and Alex Meyer. But he's, he's not injured. So he's he's injured. But that's two guys already who did you know really well for you that are on the outside looking in. So I don't think that going out and getting a Jake Arrieta is a priority. I no. think if he falls in your lap and you're like, I, we can sign him to a one-year but see, he, had a, he had a really good end of the season. So he's going to demand the exactly. high price. But yeah. even guys like, like you know, that are, I think like, uh, God, I saw names like Cobb and, and guys like that. I don't think that's top priority. But if you can get him at a decent price, you can get a decent starting pitcher at a decent price. And yeah, go ahead and do it. But don't break the bank and don't make it a priority. Because I think the Angels pitching staff was just plagued with injuries last year. And that's... Part of the reason why we were where we were. And the bullpen, like you said, you know, these little moves here and there to add another petite. You never know who's going to come out of that, you know, some uh, free agent signing that came out of nowhere. This year we had petite. Um, even a guy like uh, Keenan Middleton who came from the minor league system. Right. That filled in he's going to develop. You, he's, I mean, 
coming into the year, you didn't think it would be much. Yeah, he had his little struggles here and there, but for the most part, he developed really well. And he's young. And he's young. You hope he brings heat, so you hope he can take that next step forward again. Right. A lot of this stuff is going to come out to how these guys develop. Right. That That's going to be the, the question mark, because you're never able to really predict how player X is going to develop or, or regress or anything like that. So if everyone either stays the same or, or progresses, um, the bullpen should be in a, in a really good uh, position going into next year. Yeah, I agree 100%. I, I think the, the bullpen... Um, it's fine. You got a lot of young, solid guys. They did really well for you know the guys for what they had to do last year. They or they were overworked last year. It's, right. Exactly. There's no doubt about it. So they overperformed. This is hope that they can do the same thing again this year. Add a piece here or there, they'll be okay. So in my you know like so to answer my own question, I think a guy like Mustakas, yeah, like you said, he, well, yeah, it's a no doubter. If you can get Mustakas, you get Mustakas. So, um, but I don't know. You know that third base position. I think. We're not. We're okay. I don't. I don't think you now is coming back. Um, at third base, you can. Luis Valbuena is there, uh, so you're fine there if, if you don't sign anybody. You know, we just want him to produce uh, average wise. Right. Um, he's got a great glove. He hit for a lot of power. Um, first base. You know, you got Crone. You got Valbuena. We have options there. Right. You know, but like I said, I, I think their my priority was getting a left fielder or re-signing okay. uh, Justin Upton, and they did that, and I'm happy with that. I don't, I don't see them not doing anything else. So it's right. going to be I, busy. I, I think, yeah, I think they might right. make a splash. I think so too, especially with the Upton uh, signing and him only having sixteen million yeah. this year. I think yeah. he was scheduled to make twenty twenty two and a half or yeah, something 22. like that. So he took a pay cut this year to get in the back end. Yeah. But um, you have that that caps or the luxury tax space there, and then also like um, Josh Hamilton, he's right. off the books completely. Right. So now you're able to add a Mustakas. Now you're able to add. You know, um, if it's not Moustakis, yeah, maybe you do want to look at some of these second basemen. But again, the second baseman free agencies, no one really stands yeah. out. Um, That's why I said don't break bank if you don't have to. Yeah, and a lot of people are saying trade, trade, trade. But again, with the minor league system the way it is, I heard D. Gordon. People are asking for D. Gordon. But again, you gotta, you're got going to have to give something up. And the Angels farm system really isn't, isn't exactly the, the best farm system in the league right now. So... Um, I can't see them making a big splash that way. Yeah, yeah. I think if they're going to make a splash, it's going to be through the free agency right. market. I don't yeah, think absolutely. it's going to be through a trade. So, again, you're going to be limited as far as who you can pick up. And you can't you can't trade away the guys like Jemai Jones, our buddy, who was on our podcast. Right. And you can't trade a guy like Joe Dell because those are the guys that you're, or you're even, rebuilding. Uh, Matt Theis. The yeah. First, you, the first you, thing. He's in the fall league, and, yeah. and I believe he made the fall league uh, all-star, all-star team. team. So, yeah, yeah. With again, that's Jones. A, th- yeah. yeah. Again, that's a first baseman that... Maybe not next year, but you know, by 2019, 2020, he could, be, he could be your first baseman of the future, and you don't want to give that up now for D. Gordon. Granted, a good player now, but you know, sometimes has struggled getting on base. Yeah, when he's on base, he's great. He flies right. all over the place, but um, you know, I, I, I just don't feel like now's the time to um, start selling off farm pieces to, to no. pick up a player. No, and then you know, you never know. My trap may leave. And yeah. you need a guy like Jemai Jones and Alf, or well, Jemai is playing middle infield right now, right? I mean center. Jemai is playing center. Is yeah. he playing center? Yeah. There you go. But Joe Adele is an outfielder too. Yeah. So you don't want to trade away these guys until you know exactly what you're what you have. So that's a, the farm system is what won us this championship ring in 2002. You know you, they kept guys like Tim Salmon, Garrett Anderson, Troy Gloss, Darren Erstad, Troy Purcell. These are guys who were homegrown talent. So sure you can go out and make a splash and get guys like the Marlins did win championships and then disassemble and be unrelevant for 15 years. Right. But you want to build up that farm system. 
So, you know, yeah, a trade, you'd have I'm to give kinda, up. Yeah, I'm kind of. You'd have to give up Adele. You'd have to give up Jemai. I don't know if that's something we really want to do right now as, as an Angels, as an organization. That's that's kind of, I don't know. I don't I don't want to do that. So, um, I guess that's a good segue, us talking about Jemai Jones and the, the farm, farm system. system. Right. Um, Professional segue. Yes. Beautiful segue. We we actually lined it up that way. Uh, yeah. We, uh, it was about two months ago, we talked on our podcast. You guys heard the Jemai Jones interview that we did. Uh, a few days later, we had an interview with the general manager of the Inland Empire 66ers, Joe Hudson, who ended up at the end of the year winning exec- Cal League Executive of the Year in 2017 for uh, the Cal League, which is uh, advanced uh, high A baseball. And uh, the Angels uh, minor league team, the Inland Empire 66ers, to me, have always been a class organization. Um, real fun atmosphere to go to that. If you go to a 66ers game, then you go to a Quakes game, you can tell the difference. I, and I'm not trying to talk smack on the Quakes or anything like that, but there's a real family vibe. There's a kind of an energy that you get from the Inland Empire 66ers. And uh, Joe Hudson has been the general manager for a few years now, and I think he's worked with the organization for I don't know. He says it in the interview. I'll let, I'll let him do the talking. But we, he was a very gracious uh, host to us. He op- he totally let us gave us all access to the dugout, everything. So this is uh, the uh, interview with Joe Hudson from about two months ago. Uh, we wanted to hold off on on the interview because we knew that you know we, we wanted to give him his own little segment. So our interview with Joe Hudson from the Inland Empire 66ers. Hey, this is Johnny Max from the All Angels Podcast here with General Manager of the Inland Empire 66ers, Joe Hudson. Thanks, Joe, for joining us on the All Angels Podcast. Absolutely, man. Appreciate you guys having me on. Awesome. Thank you. So quickly, we want to get started. We want to, want to know how you got started. Uh, how did you become a General Manager of the Inland Empire 66ers? <laughs> uh, interesting story, but uh, didn't take the same, the normal route that a lot of people take, you know, the college route, going to... Uh, uh, sports management. I actually uh, was working here with the team back when they were the Stampede back in oh, wow. 2001. It was a long time ago. I was in high school and uh, I needed a summer job uh, to pay for a cell phone. I mean, that was legitimately the reason why I took the job and uh, really enjoyed it, enjoyed the atmosphere. Uh, worked uh, here with the team on the food and beverage side through um, through college and uh, decided that I can make it a career. And so uh, slowly, you know, I've been with the Elmore Group, who's the owner of uh, the 66ers, uh, for now 15 years, wow. and have moved around a little bit, but uh, but really enjoy what I do. Awesome, awesome. Now, we want to quickly touch on a few things. Minor league baseball is a crazy experience. How do you guys come up with the promotions that you guys come up with? Is there a team that does that, or how does that go about? Yeah, I mean, we've got a couple guys here on the staff. Uh, you know, Eris does a great job. Adam Franny is our director of promotions. Uh, uh, those two guys are kind of our, our brainchilds a little bit to say. But as a team, as an organization, we, you know, especially the 66ers, we, we take pride in trying to do some unique stuff. You know, we've got 70 days where, uh, in our opinion, it's about baseball, but it's more than just baseball. It's entertainment. You know, we, can, we only have so much control of what happens on the field, but we can control all the entertainment that we can put on. And so we take a lot of pride in that. So, you know, in the off offseason, uh, we do a lot of meetings, brainstorming, throw a case of beer in the middle of the conference room table, right. and just start talking about some of the fun stuff that we can do and, and some unique stuff that will bring that added value, added entertainment to the game. 
Awesome. Now, talking about entertainment and entertainment value, Mike Trout was down here for a few games this year, and I was here uh, in the crowd trying to watch him play. How insane was the Mike Trout experience here in San Bernardino? Dude, that was, uh, it was awesome. I mean, <laughs> I got to be honest with you, we've had some cool rehabbers come through. We had Weaver come through not too long ago. Um, but having Trout, I mean, Trout's the best player in baseball. Right. Uh, you know, I mean, he's the best player in baseball right now. And so having them uh, come out was was great for uh, our organization. It was awesome for our fan base, you know, for our community to be able to come out and watch what is literally the best player in baseball for the highest price ticket of $14. Right. I mean, you're getting the seats right off of, of, of the, the dugout, right behind the batting circle for $14. You know what I mean? That's a... That's a three hundred forty dollar ticket right. at Angel right. Stadium. Right. So, so to have him here in this kind of intimate setting, uh, not only was it a blast for for myself, the front office, but I think for the community as a whole, uh, what an awesome uh, week that was. Yeah, I mean, I was here and just to see the, the stadium full and full of you know energy and so it was amazing. So Mike Trout bringing that to the table is awesome. We had an interview with Jamai Jones earlier. And he's uh, one of the Angels' top prospects, obviously. How cool has it been to see a kid like Jamai Jones? Even not just Jamai, but other players like Connor Justice, guys that come up through the league. You've, um, you've been here a few years. Yeah. Seeing the guys come up through the minor league system and finally eventually seeing them get to the major league system or major league team. How does that feel to you knowing that, hey, he was here playing in San Bernardino? No, it's awesome. I mean, obviously, that's what we do here. That's, you know, that's what minor league baseball uh, at its core is really about. You know, it's about developing young guys into becoming professional baseball players and so we've had a ton of you know great talent but great guys great personalities come through um you know last year we had keenan middleton for uh, about half the season and he was just one of those personalities that got along great with our front office our fans our season ticket holders um and you know he moved through the system real quick after right. that he was in he was up with the Angels, I think, you know, either late last year or early this year. Right. And, you know, to see that progression and see them have success, it's a lot of fun. I mean, Jemai Jones, uh, he's coming in real hot from Burlington. Yeah. You know, I don't know, he's hitting 340 or something, just killing it. So we love that the guy's playing well here, but no doubt we're excited to see him continue to have sex, success on the next levels. Absolutely, and that's what it's all about. So final final couple questions here that we're going to ask you, and we'll let you go on your way. Thank you for spending the time with us. But, sure. Um, minor League Baseball, San Bernardino, this park to me is my favorite park in Kelly. You know, I've been to Lake Alcino Rancho Cucamonga. What about this park makes it so special? I, I, I love this park. I got to agree. I mean, um, you know, I'll give credit to uh, the city when they decided to, to, to invest into a minor league facility. They did it right. I mean, there's a ton of space here. We've got grass area yes. all over the place where, you know, you can bring your your family and and have the kids run around, do their thing. Mm -hmm. And it's not just so, it's not stuffy. You know, that's right. one of the things that we really pride ourselves in having a really laid back environment that people can come out and just enjoy. You're not in the office. You're not yeah. You're not somewhere where you got to feel like you got to wear pants and a polo. I mean, right. you know, we want people to come out and really just enjoy their time. And, and I think that this ballpark with how wide open it is, how much extra grass space you have, um, it, it's just got a really opening uh, environment and, Trust me, I mean, I was that kid. I'm from San Bernardino. I was legitimately that kid at 12, 13 years old that came to this ballpark 
and ran around playing cut ball and all kinds of garbage out in the grass right. and watched absolutely zero pitches of the baseball game but loved coming here because just the environment. Right, right. Okay, so where can uh, folks find the Inland Empire Sixers? Is it 66ers.com or is there a... Just so we can plug the Sixers here a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Follow us on our social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, 66ers.com. Support us. I mean, I, you know, ton of Angel fans in Southern California. We love being an Angels affiliate. Um, they've been great, and, and it's been a phenomenal eight-year partnership that we've had. So Awesome. Awesome. Thank you, Joe, for your time. I appreciate you being on the All Angels podcast. Awesome. Thank you. All right, that was our interview with Joe Hudson of the Inland Empire 66er general manager. You know, he touched on a few things, uh, the whole Mike Trout experience. That had to have been probably the most packed I've ever seen yeah. a minor league stadium, a Class A stadium. Um, you went? Did you go to all three games? We went to two of the three, so we definitely um, saw that. We saw it. Definitely felt the the magnitude of the Trout the Trout games. Not only. Um, people there but i mean it was the lawn section yeah, any was, section you wanted to get into it, it was hard it was, yeah. it was a tough ticket to get to but it was definitely cool it was definitely yeah. a, a part something you would want to see you know saying how oh, i was there so yeah it was definitely something cool yeah to see. actually i ran into you at one of the games too and right. uh that i mean it was just insane like you know uh to bring that attention to a minor league stadium it's it's awesome and you're seeing the greatest player on the planet play in front of you literally like few feet away from you you know you don't get that access anywhere else uh but joe also touched on how he how he worked his way up from the inland empire sixers working in concessions and slowly working his way up so joe uh was a, a gracious host like i said he opened up the dug out to us all access we were able to have interviews with the players and he came down and make sure we were taken care of um, Chris, Chris was there with us when we did that interview, and you were there when we did the UNL Escobar rehab assignment. The 66ers are a class organization, and we can't wait to uh, work with them again next year as we move forward right. to 2018. And we'll have definitely have a they have their own segment here on our show. Um, we'll we'll hash out the details on that. We don't know if we have a name for it. If we'll work on that, yeah. but um, we definitely look forward to you know seeing guys like Joe Adele and the future Angels. You know. Uh, progress through the Internet Empire 66ers. Hopefully be there a while, but the way uh, um, Jemai finished his season, I don't know how, how long he's going to be there. But Yeah, Jemai, Jemai, uh, Jemai definitely, I think, will start probably in double A. If he does start in, in the Sixers, it's probably be for like a week or two. Right, something probably something like they did with Dice and, and yeah. Ward this last year where they're only there for a handful yeah, of games. Give him a few and, games, a few at-bats, move him up. Yeah. Um, but Joe Adele, who is probably will start the season in class a 66 hopefully i'm crossing my fingers because i want to see him play um but definitely that's that's what we were just talking about a few minutes ago uh farm system guys joe adele matt dice uh jamai jones future future angels who you know hopefully we see on the field someday so all right so that's that uh where do you want to move from here do you want to talk about the 2017 world series or we can talk we can uh Talk about that real quick. Okay, um, dude. I mean, has there been a more exciting World Series in the last ten years? And that was no, that was exciting, especially if you look at games two and five. Um, yeah, it was just it was, it was a weird series because at a certain point you figured, like in the was a game five, Kershaw had it down. Yeah, he had the lead. Okay, he gave it up. Okay, got it back, and then he gave it up again. But 
It was definitely one of the better yeah. World Series series, you know, I've seen. <clears throat> uh, I still think last year's Game 7 was kind of the topper of everything oh, yeah, with the was, Cubs and yeah. Indians. But as far as, as an individual series goes, it, it was definitely one of the more entertaining. You had everything. You had... Um, you had home runs all over oh, the God. place. That was insane. You had, uh, you know, every once in a while they had a good pitching matchup in there. Yeah. I think game game one was awesome. I thought it was really good then because that first game only lasted like two and a half hours. And I right. was like, wow, Learned this game fast. This game's gonna, this series is going to go back quick. It's going to be awesome. And then the game two went like something like five hours. I'm like, okay, maybe not. They got in the back end. But, uh, no, it was a really good series. Happy for the Astros. Um, I kind of was... It didn't matter to me. Everyone kept on asking me everywhere I went, knowing that I was an Angel fan, how I was rooting or where my rooting interests were going to be just because um, you have a weird situation where the Dodgers, you know, are quote-unquote your um, cross-town rival, even though you only play them like four times a year. And then you have the Astros, who are in your division. You play like 19 times a year. So, um, yeah, you know, I, I, I thought that... Ashes were going to win at the beginning of the series. I picked them in six. They won in seven. Um, but no, overall, it was a good series, a, a good way to end the baseball season. Yeah. I, I, to me, it was shocking to hear these quote-unquote professionals talk about how, oh, the Dodgers are heavily favored. Dodgers in five. And I was like, I don't, I don't see that happening. This is going at least six or seven. Um, I picked the Dodgers to win, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was doing a little reverse psychology yeah. kind of thing. But uh, happy for the Astros because I have family in Houston. They're a big Astros fan, so they were happy. But, uh, God, that team from bottom of the top was, I mean, Altuve, Correa, Springer, McCann, uh, Gurriel, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, Bregman. I'm like, dude, that's insane. You got, you know, uh, Verlander, Keiko on the top of that rotation. You got a guy like Martin who shut down Game 7. The Dodgers could not score off Charlie right. Martin in Game 7. Um, great great World Series. I was happy to watch every single game. I was just really excited for the for the Astros because, you know, they were kind of always that team that they had really good teams with the Killer Bees back in the day. Right. never got over the it. top. Yeah, couldn't. And the one time they did get there, they got, they swept, got by the, swept by the Rock. No, by the White Sox. White Sox. The year that we got screwed out of game, the Game 4. <sighs> Doug Eddings, that damn umpire. But anyway, great World Series. Um, you said a lot of home runs and that just exciting baseball. And that's all you can ask for, you know, for from a World Series and exciting baseball. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know what else you want to touch on before you leave. I uh, quick shout out to Lamar for sh- uh, sending us that question or that uh, the email. email. Yeah, he has second part too. We can get to real quick. Okay. Um, the question for the three of us, who from the 2002 World Championship team was the most underrated or the player who you feel deserved a bit more recognition? 2002 team. I remember it vividly, man. I know every player on that team. Um, I hate to single one guy out because like every guy in that team had a role and they served it well. You can't. A guy who really doesn't get a lot of credit is Brendan Donnelly. Mm-hmm. In the back end of that uh, bullpen, this this was our seventh inning guy for, or eighth inning guy for most of the year until Frankie got there. Right, until he got called up. And um, then... But he, all year long, shut down the late innings, getting the ball to Percival. And then right. in the in the World Series, did the same thing. I think in game seven, even, had a one, two, three, seventh or eighth inning. Um, just, oh my God, in the uh, game six and seven. But one guy that stands out to me who played all year filled in. 
at first, filled in at second, played a little short. And this is a guy that probably a lot of people don't even remember was on the 2002 team, but a guy that I always just admired as a gritty player was Benji Gill. I've seen the same thing. That guy filled in, hit some clutch hits, clutch, just clutch defensively, clutch offensively. That's a guy that I've always respected and is underrated and was a huge part of that 2002 team. So my guy is Benji Gill. Yeah, I, I like that too. And I don't remember the season as a whole as as well as you do, but um, he stood out. And when you were talking about that, I kind of I, I thought that's where you were going. But you're right. You know, it's easy for anyone to come out here and be like, oh, Gloss, uh, mm-hmm. Anderson, Eckstein, Sam. You know, the 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 core the, the core guys. It's easy for for them. But <clears throat> like you said, Benji Gill. Um, uh, you know. He, I know it's like the. I was worried about like is it the season? He's talking about the season. He's talking about the actual individual World Series, right? Um, but you know, I still can't get over um, the pitching as far in the World Series. Lackey and Rodriguez, where yeah, yeah. these guys are rookies coming into yeah. what could possibly be the biggest game of their life. Crucial situation. Yeah, and, and you know, you got <clears throat> Rodriguez was twenty years old. You have Lackey was twenty three years old. These guys don't know if they're going to be there again yeah, yeah. anywhere in their career. You know, but to step up the way they did, yeah, and. And, and Rodriguez is coming in. He played five games in the season. Yeah. Before. I mean, it's like, it wasn't like, okay, he got developed. He got time throughout the, no, se- throughout yeah. the season to kind of get late used to September. It. Yeah, late five games. Okay, let's go, on, let's go and you're going to be the eighth inning guy. Yeah. So don't screw it up because we have a really good closure back there that will finish it off. Just yeah. you don't mess up. So, I mean, I know Frankie gets brought up a lot because of his streak he had, but right. I don't think people understand how crazy looking back at it it was. It was like, Dude played five games in the season, and he went out there and was like lights out. So, yeah. you know, with with that, I, I I would have to pick Frankie. I would pick the rookies like Lackey and okay. Frankie Rodriguez, just because I can't imagine being you know tw- early twenties and like, hey, you're in the World Series, everyone's watching, yeah. and you got that guy over there, Bonds, that hits monster home runs. Don't give up anything in the middle. Yeah. So I, I that's where I would lean with okay. that. But you know, good answer. But you know, anyone any one of those guys, like you said, had had a had a role, had a yeah. had a spot, had to do something, and as a team, I think it was really good. I think the team as itself maybe was a little bit underrated as oh for world, sure as a World Series oh, yeah. champion. Oh yeah, you know if you just take it by team by team, yeah. but you know it it, it it worked out. Everything yeah. worked out. Everything everyone played their position. Everyone, everything fell in where it needed to fall in. Whether yep. it's Kennedy's home runs in the um, was it the ALC game five? Yep. Yeah. So I mean, uh, Spezio's home run. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all postseason. I think he they, his record just got broken for most RBIs in the yeah, postseason. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it, yeah. everything seemed to happen at the right time, yeah. at the right place. So, yeah. And that was not a start-studded lineup, man. No, it wasn't. I mean, you look at it Roster, now. Period. You look at it now, and yeah, you see, uh, you know, Gloss, Anderson, Salmon. You know, those are probably your main guys. Yeah. Erstad. X sign were always known to be like gritty, right? You know, but not players. yeah, superstars. And then you got Benji Molina, but he was more of that defensive guy yeah. catcher more than he was any kind of offensive threat or anything right. like that. And then Spezio, you know, and Kennedy again. These guys go on after after their Angels career, and you, they kind of just you know yeah. they don't make really big waves anywhere else. Right. But they always will have the 2002 season to be like we were the team, the best team of that year, and, yeah. and it showed by just everyone doing their part. For sure, Chris. The answer was, or the question was for all three of us. So, who's your 2002 player? 
Well, I, I don't know. You guys kind of covered most of it, so you didn't really leave me too much. I mean, I got to rep Adam Kennedy, Riverside, Riverside Product. Riverside. We're broadcasting right now from Riverside, California, so big shout-out to Adam Kennedy. Mm-hmm. He's usually the obvious answer. Just North High that, School. You know, those three home runs against Minnesota. Um, uh, Brad Fulmer. Brad Fulmer. guy that mm-hmm. was a key player throughout 20 the season. 20 home runs that season. He ended up getting hurt that season a little bit. Yeah. But, um, uh, Brad Fulmer, uh, Washburn. Was clutch. 18 uh, games. He led the he team wins. He won 18 games. So uh, those are guys that kind of stood out. I remember yeah. Benji Gill. That's that's a name you don't hear too often. <laughs> right. So, yeah. You know, um, me and my obscure players, man. <laughs> but, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, Washburn, you can't. Yeah, he's he was a top of the rotation. He was our, our starting game one. Started game one in every series. You know, 18 and six, I think he was yeah, that 18, year. No six, one expected yeah. 18 and six from Jared Washburn that year. You know, everybody expected Aaron Seeley. We had signed Aaron Seeley that year, and he didn't even, he wasn't even in our rotation. He wasn't even in the playoff roster. Kevin Apier. Kevin Apier. Uh, Ramon Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Lackey was our, our fifth starter, you know. So, Scott Shields, I think, kind of did his little thing. We had Ad- or, uh, Levine, Al Levine, closer. Ben Weber. Ben Weber, man. Um, so, yeah, everybody had played a role. So, that's a great question, Lamar. You nostalgia. I'm wearing the 2002 mm-hmm. World Championship ring right now. So. Hey, Lamar, send us your address so we can send you a little fan care package, some oh, stickers, and some nice. swag from the podcast, all right? Man? There you go, Lamar. Send it to, uh, well, again, perfect segue. Send it. Send, send us your address on our email at allangelspodcast at gmail.com, allangelspodcast at gmail.com, and you guys can send us your questions on there, too. And where can they find us on social media, Daniel? Yeah, on the social media, Halo Haven. So Halo underscore Haven is the, is the Twitter handle. And is also the Instagram handle. So, um, again, um, we're going monthly right now during the off-season. But the week leading up or the Monday leading up to our next podcast, there will be a poll question up depending on, you know, what happens between now and then, uh, a signing or whatnot. But uh, you'll be able to vote on it on our Twitter handle. Again, it's Halo underscore Haven on Twitter. And then same thing for Instagram, Halo underscore Haven. Awesome. All right. Well, man, that's going to wrap it up for us on this edition of the All Angels Podcast for the month of November. We don't have an exact date for December, but we will have a podcast in December. Hopefully by then, the Angels will fill up their roster mm-hmm. a little more, and we'll talk a little more about the offseason moves that they're making. Um, and then, you know, we'll move from there. Heading into Tempe, spring training, ready for the 2018 season. That's going to wrap it up for us. I'm Johnny Max. I'm Dan Garcia. And this has been another edition of the All Angels Podcast. Thanks to Chris, the Curator Johnson, for hosting us here at Halo Haven. Peace out. Like that, just get back, cause there ain't no fucking cut in me. I caught the beat, but you got the beast in this
problem, no time when it comes to me. And a mind like mine when it comes to beat. There ain't no motherfucker out here like me. Copy, know me when I hit the beat. Call me, homie when I hit the street. Call me, only if you got the beat. Phone me, phone free, never pay the fee. MVP, MVP, they chanting like they know me. They yelling out like I might try with my mic out to the I'm gonna be ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. Count me dollars in Gucci Prada wallets with matching belts. Driving ballers while pounding bottles. Smoking the bun and now I'm screaming life's good in my hood. Ballin' like Mike Trout. I'm gonna be ballin', ballin', ballin' like Mike Trout. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring... The best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com match. Just go to Indeed.com slash match right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash match. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to tell you a story. It's a story about a scandal, broken relationships, gossip, rumors, money, corporate rivalry, and a broom. A performance-enhancing broom. My name is John Cullen. I'm a comedian, podcaster, and for 20 years, I was a semi-professional curler. And I want to tell you the story about how a single broom almost imploded the 500-year-old sport of curling. We felt like we were bringing a knife to a gunfight. It's the story of a superstar and his fall from grace. Oh, I was being dragged through the mud. It's the story of two brother entrepreneurs with a dream. <laughs> I said, that's great news. It's a story of intrigue. I still don't understand why we want to keep his name secret. The full story has never been told, so I'm going to tell it. Broomgate. How a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. Broomgate.